0: Jesus' birth began a chain reaction of events that would ultimately change the world in which we live. It would change our lives, our futures, our eternity, but literally change everything. The world was radically and supernaturally transformed through one simple act, and that simple act was the birth of Jesus Christ. And I was praying and thinking about Christmas, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, wouldn't it be amazing that if we could somehow... Rediscover the wonder of Christmas. Uh, How many of you remember uh, being a kid on Christmas morning? Anybody remember those days when you were a little kid on Christmas morning? And the, the longest night of the year, right? Hands down, longest night of the year is Christmas Eve, right? And you go to bed and you're anticipating all of those things that are to come, the presents and all the fun and all the things. And, and I don't know about you guys around our house. Uh, my sister Teresa's right over here on the front row. My dad is right back there. My mom and dad had this 530 rule on Christmas morning. And so we could not get them out of bed until 5.30 in the morning on Christmas morning, which seemed like forever, right? I mean, you know, we were up at 2 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, at 4 o'clock, and we were just anticipating that Christmas morning. We could not wait to get to the Christmas tree and, and open the presents and do all the fun stuff that we did on Christmas morning. And, and you know what I was just thinking this week? I thought, what, what an amazing thing would happen if that anticipation and expectation that we had as children, what if we could rediscover that? What if we could rediscover that anticipation and that wonder of Christmas morning? And what if we could live our lives every day with an anticipation of who Jesus is and what He desires to do in our lives every morning. And I think other than the 5:30 thing, everything else would be really awesome, right? I mean, could you imagine if you got up every morning with an anticipation of, man, it's Christmas. Man, God is going to do something great today. There are some unbelievable things about to be unpackaged and unwrapped in my life today. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could somehow rediscover that wonder? And tap into that anticipation and expectation that we had as children on Christmas morning. Because I believe this. I know without a shadow of a doubt, life is hard. And there are so many challenges in life that are beyond even words and explanation. But at the same time, I also believe this. I believe that the story of Christmas is intended to create an anticipation and an expectation in our hearts That makes us look at life the way a kid looks at Christmas morning as they go to bed on Christmas Eve. That anticipation and expectation and that wonder of what might happen tomorrow on Christmas morning. And so the Lord gave me three words. He said, Keith, he said, Christmas past is a celebration. It's a celebration, it's a declaration, and it's an invasion. And that's an interesting word, and we'll talk about that in a a few minutes together. So let's talk about the celebration this morning. Because the Lord kind of brought my attention to something I don't necessarily think about when I think about Christmas morning. And that is that, that Christmas is a celebration of the supernatural. A celebration of the supernatural, and I don't know about you, when I think about Christmas, I don't necessarily think supernatural, I don't necessarily think miraculous, I mean, I think, oh, the birth of Jesus, I I think Mary, and and the manger, and the attitude with the angel, and all those things, I think all that stuff, but I don't necessarily think supernatural. That's not necessarily the word that pops in my mind when I think about the birth of Jesus Christ, but as I was studying the story just with fresh eyes over the last few weeks, the Lord really began to quicken in my heart that Christmas really is a celebration of the supernatural. I mean, think about it, right? Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born to a virgin. He was announced by angels. I mean, everything about the birth of Christ is supernatural. Everything. If you remove the supernatural element from the birth of Christ, you don't have the birth of Christ. Jesus cannot be born without the supernatural. Jesus cannot enter the world without the supernatural. We can't celebrate Christmas without celebrating the fact that our God is a supernatural God. I was thinking about just being conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord really began to just quicken some thoughts in me this morning. And, and I've shared this before, but the Lord really just reminded me. He said, Keith, do you realize that if I could impregnate Mary with the physical Son of God, that I can impregnate you with the vision, the mission, and the purpose of my Son? I believe we ought to be pregnant with Jesus. And I found out this. I found out that heavenly visions, heavenly passion. Holy zeal is not the result of intellectual ideas. right? People don't change the world for the glory of God because they woke up one day and had a good idea. People don't change the world for the glory of God because somehow they, uh, they just decided this is what I want to do with my life. No, people change the world for the glory of God because they have a divine visitation from heaven and God impregnates them with his vision, with his passion, with his zeal and with his glory. All of a sudden something that wasn't within them gets divinely, supernaturally birthed in their heart and they begin to burn for God like never before. I'll be honest with you that's the story of my life if you'd have have met me when I was an 18 year old young man and uh, just graduated high school and about to get married to my high school sweetheart uh, man I I was a Christian boy and I was a moral boy and, and I was a good boy but I wasn't on fire for Jesus the last thing I wanted to do was preach the gospel the last thing I wanted to do was to be doing what I'm doing here today never even on my radar screen, never even crossed my mind. Not only was it not an idea, it was a bad idea in my mind of ever preaching the gospel. That was not what I wanted to do. But when I was 19 years old, because of a relationship with God, God birthed something in me by the Holy Spirit that changed my life. It was a supernatural conception that deposited something in me that made me forever different, that caused something to burn in me and live in me and kick in me that could not be tamed by anything in this world. And I want to say to you today that the same God that conceived in the wound of Mary is the same God that I believe this Christmas wants to conceive His vision, His passion, His gifts, His callings on the inside of you. God wants to birth something in you that is so great that it will consume the rest of your life. How many of you know that from this moment on, Mary's life was never the same? I mean, she could never go back, right? She could never not be Jesus' mom. You know, she could never escape the fact that whenever she was confronted with something that was hard or difficult or challenging, you know what, she had to always be reminded by the fact that when she faced something overwhelming in her life, she had to be reminded of the fact, oh yeah, I remember when I got pregnant and I was a virgin and the Holy Spirit came upon me and God conceived something in me that was not of this world. And I didn't have anything to do with it other than the fact that I was willing to make myself available to what God wanted to do in my life. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Christmas. And it's the story of Mary where she says to the angel, according to your word, be it unto me. What would happen if in this church today every Christian just started saying, you know what God, according to your word, be it unto me. According to your word, be it unto me. God, I just want to be a vessel through which you can birth the things you want to birth, through which you can conceive the things you want to conceive, through which you can plant the things you want to plant, through which you can deliver the things you want to deliver. And God, according to your word, God, if it's wiping babies' bottoms in the nursery or whether it's preaching from a stage in a stadium, God, whatever it is you want me to do, just according to your word, birth it in me and I receive it, God. See, Christmas is a celebration of supernatural conception. And I am convinced today God wants to conceive some things within us. It is, it is a celebration. Mary was a virgin. We saw, right, the story acted out this morning. I can't imagine being Joseph and your fiance saying, Hey, I'm pregnant, but I've never slept with a man. And you saying, Sure Uh uh-huh, you were caught, right? I mean, wouldn't that be what you think? And then Joseph, I mean, think about it. So Mary had an angelic visitation. Joseph had an angelic visitation. And, And then when Jesus was born, the Bible says that the shepherds had an angelic visitation. And then I love that one of the translations says that not only with the angel, the Bible says, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts. You ever read the book of Revelations? There are some freaky creatures in heaven. There are cherubims that the Bible says have eyes on the outside and eyes on the inside. What does that look like? Creepy, yeah, that's probably the right word. And and so here's the shepherds in the field, and, and an angel comes, that's crazy enough, and then all of a sudden, the heavenly hosts of heaven surround the angels, and they begin to declare the glory of God, declare the sovereignty of God, declare the praises of God. Why? Because the birth of Jesus was and is a supernatural event. And the last point on that screen simply says this, Jesus' physical birth boldly declares that nothing is impossible with God. So how do we live with a spirit of anticipation? We live with a spirit of anticipation by celebrating the supernatural. See, when you begin to realize that nothing is impossible with God, Then all of a sudden, you can wake up every day and you can begin to think, you know what, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day that that I've been praying for is going to come to pass. Maybe today's the day that my family's going to come back together. Maybe today's the day that my children are going to be saved. Maybe today's the day that that stronghold's going to be broken. Maybe today is the day that that thing that I've been believing for, that thing that I've been praying for, that thing that I've been hoping for, that thing that I've been crying out to God for, maybe today is the day. See, when you begin to celebrate the supernatural, you can begin to live with an anticipation that today could be the day. Why? Because when you celebrate the supernatural, it automatically creates an expectation of hope. Man, if nothing is impossible with God, if God can make a virgin pregnant, send angels to announce His birth, fill the ground with the hosts of heavenly, heavenly multitudes, and God can do all that just to birth His Son into the world, then surely God can show up and show out in my life. And so when I begin to celebrate the supernatural, all of a sudden it begins to create an anticipation of hope that I can begin to wake up every day and say, you know what, Maybe today... Is the day I know that when Kelly and I, as she walked through ten years of severe depression, there were there were many days I got up with an anticipation of hope, and there were many days that I didn't. <laughs> and I can tell you without a doubt, the days that I woke up with an anticipation of hope, those were the good days. And the days that I woke up with no hope, those were the bad days. And they were bad days, not because of what was going to happen that day. They were bad days because I was hopeless that day. But if you begin to recognize what is Christmas, as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ is a celebration of the supernatural. Remove the supernatural power of God and there is no birth of Christ. He cannot be born without the supernatural. And so as we celebrate Christmas this year, let's learn to recognize we are celebrating the supernatural. God, if a virgin can conceive by the Holy Spirit and she can give birth to the Son of God and God can be made flesh in a moment and change the world forever, then surely God can show up. In my life, and maybe today will be the day that I will see my prayers answered. And so I can wake up with an anticipation of hope because my God is a supernatural God. Amen. Doesn't mean He always does what we want Him to do, but it does mean that He's able to do anything. Amen. The second thing is not only is is Christmas a celebration of the supernatural. But it's also a declaration. Christmas is a declaration of the good news and the great joy of Jesus Christ. Right? Isn't that what the angels said? Behold, we bring you uh, good news. We bring you glad tidings of good news, which will be great joy to all people. Why? Because Jesus the Savior was born. He was born to take our place. He was born to pay our debt. He was born to rescue us from sin, I want you to think about those three little statements there. He was born to take our place. He took our place. Man, it, it is good news. Let me tell you some good news today. It is a declaration of good news. The, the celebration of Christmas is a celebration of declaration because Jesus took our place, right? We talked about it a few weeks ago. If we all got what we deserved, we'd all get hell. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was was bruised for our iniquities. He was whipped so that we could be healed. The chastisement of our peace, the Bible says, was upon him. It was our sins, Scripture says, that he bore. On the cross, Jesus took our place. He bore the wrath of God. He bore the repercussions of our sin. He bore the judgment of humanity on and in His body. And guess what? He took our place. Have you ever been in a place where you wish somebody could have took your place? You know, when you think about that, we don't ever want people to take our place when it's a good thing. (laughs) We want people to take our place when it's a not so good thing. So guess what? The fact that Jesus has, is, and will take your place is good news. It's a declaration of good news. And we ought to be like the angels. We ought to be so awakened by the wonder of who Jesus is, by the celebration of the supernatural, by the declaration of the good news, that we ought to leave this place, not only today, but every day of our life. We ought to be looking for opportunities to tell people, you know what, hey, there's some good news that brings great joy to all people. Not only did He take our place, but the Bible says He paid our debt. I just had this thought. I thought, man, what would happen? Imagine if we said, hey, if you come to Liberty Church, we will pay off all your debt. I mean, think about it. What if we ran an ad in the paper? Everybody comes to church next Sunday. If you come to Liberty Church, we're going to pay off all your debt. Man, we, we couldn't hold the people, right? We couldn't. I mean, just when I said that, y'all started smiling. Brother Jim is not in here. He would be passing out right now. (laughs) CPR machines would be hitting him right now because it would be bad. But, But just think about it. The thought of somebody paying your debt, no more house payment, no more car payment, no more credit card bills, no more debt. Think about how awesome that would be if somebody just showed up and paid your debt. It puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? Well, guess what? Jesus did that for us. He paid a greater debt than your mortgage. He paid a a greater debt than your car payment. He paid a greater debt than that credit card debt. He paid the debt of your sins. You talk about good news, you talk about smiling. You talk about rejoicing, you talk about celebrating, you talk about declaring. Just think about it. I think that ought to be our new new, uh, evangelistic tactic. I think we ought to just start telling people, hey, come to church and Jesus will pay your debts. They may be a little disappointed when they get here, but when they experience right, when they experience the forgiveness of sin, they'll say, "Hey, I'll take this over my mortgage any day." Amen? How many of you glad there's a debt that's been paid this morning? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He took our place, He paid our debt. The last little part there on that screen simply says this, that he, that he, bo- he was born to rescue us from sin. And, and I want to just give you a thought on this, because the word sin, in its simplest measure, to sin literally means to miss the mark, to come short of the glory of God. So if you can imagine a bullseye, me, me and Levi, we have a little uh, Thanksgiving tradition. Ian's joined us now, and so, oh, or, well, he didn't get to join us this year, but he's going to join us. But... Uh, uh, we have a little Thanksgiving tradition, so me and Levi on Thanksgiving morning, we actually started with Nathan Meredith several years ago. Uh, we go to a turkey shoot first thing early Thanksgiving morning. First couple years we brought home turkeys. Last few years we ain't brought home nothing. But, but you go to that turkey shoot and they've got these targets set up and right in the center is the bullseye. And that's the ultimate, the ultimate goal, Right? And everybody takes their shot, and they bring them all in, and they look at them, and whoever got the closest to the center wins the turkey for the day. I want you to imagine that God's purpose and God's plan for your life is the bullseye. And anything that keeps you from that is sin. Jesus died. That's exactly how I think we've got that scripture, Luke 2, verse 10, during... Joseph's angelic visitation, well, maybe let's maybe See, the angel reassured them, and said, don't be afraid. I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. One more scripture, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And here it is, Mount Mark one 21. I'm sorry. And she will bring forth a son. This is the angel speaking to Joseph. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins so rescuing us from sin saving us from sin he did that when he took our place he did that when he paid our debt but he also does it daily because every day of our life when Jesus Christ becomes Lord of your life all of a sudden he begins to lead us and guide us and we're going to talk about this in a little more depth by his spirit and the heart of God is simply this He wants to rescue us from sin. He wants to rescue us from anything that causes us to live our life outside the bullseye. Anything that keeps you from hitting the mark or the target or the prize or the purpose of God for your life and for my life. And and I'm not sure about you, but I know for me in my own life, I know that when I follow God, when I follow God, my life works. Now it's not easy and it doesn't mean there are not overwhelming challenges and it doesn't mean there's not overwhelming grief and it doesn't mean there's not pain and heartache and setback but I found out as long as I keep following Jesus no matter what circumstantially happens to me, my life will work. But the moment I stop following God's plan and I start getting outside of the bullseye all of a sudden, my life stops working. And there's this bleed over in my life. Where, where when I miss some mark, all of a sudden, that one area that I miss the mark in begins to bleed over into every area of my life. And it begins to begin to deteriorate the joy, the peace, the love, the life, the purpose, the passion, and the zeal that God has given me. And all of a sudden, I realize my life just ain't working relationships aren't working, finances aren't working. It's amazing how many people, how many testimonies, after testimony, after testimony, I hear all the time, people that were in church and get out of church and then come back to church and their testimony is all the same. Man, we got out of church and everything fell apart. The reality is that it really wasn't church. It's just that church reconnects you to Christ. Right? That's part of our purpose, by the way. It's to connect people to Jesus. Our ultimate goal in existence is to connect people to Christ, whether they're lost people or whether they're saved people that have stopped following faithfully after Him. And when we follow Him, guess what happens? He rescues us from sin. All of a sudden, we start hitting the point. We start hitting the prize. Our family starts working. Bullseye. Our kids, bullseye. Our finance, bullseye. Our job, bullseye. Our ministries, bullseye. All of a sudden, you start winning. You start seeing the prize of God's glory in your life. And winning's not all about winning, but it's amazing when you win God's way that everybody connected to you wins also. See, when you win in the world, somebody wins and everybody else loses. When you win in the kingdom, when you win, everybody connected to you wins. It creates a repercussion of life that begins to flow out to everybody that is personally touching your life. So Christmas is a declaration of good news and great joy. I don't know why we're not smiling. When you get get upset, just think, he paid my debt. He paid my debt. And something about the thought of our debts being paid naturally creates joy. How much more should our debts being paid spiritually bring great joy into our hearts? Let me give you our last thought. So Christmas is a celebration of the supernatural decoration of good news and great joy. But Christmas is also a heavenly invasion. Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us, and he moves among us and he lives within us, and we are never alone. As I started kind of putting this message together, the Lord started connecting some dots in my heart. And when I first wrote down this third point, I wrote down that Christmas is a, not an invasion. I wrote a visitation. A visitation of heaven. And the Lord very quickly checked my heart and corrected me. He said, in the Old Testament, I visited people. In the New Testament, I invaded the earth with my presence. It was not just a visitation. It was an invasion where he came to take over, amen? Amen. Right? He invaded the earth, right? You watch any of those sci-fi movies and the aliens want to invade the earth. Why do they want to invade the earth? They want to take over, right? On Christmas morning, Jesus invaded the earth and took dominion over this planet. He took back what Adam lost. How awesome, the great invasion, amen? Amen. It is a heavenly invasion. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the invasion, a heavenly invasion. God is with us. He's with us. In the good times and the bad times, when things go our way, when things don't go our way, when tragedy strikes, when grief comes, He is with us. His ever-abiding presence is there. In the Gospel of John 14 and 16, Jesus talks about the person, of the Holy Spirit, gives us some of the greatest insight in Scripture about the inner workings of the Holy Spirit in our life. And He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He said, He's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Right now, the Holy Spirit is moving in our world. And I, I want to encourage you, I want to give you a thought this morning. I want to give you just a, maybe an, a word of instruction because I believe that there, is, there really should be a declaration. We prayed over our C2 class this morning. And when I say that the Great Commission is a part of our lives, I really mean the Great Commission is a part of our lives. We, we are called to go into all the world and make disciples, and all the world begins right here. Right? It begins with telling our neighbors and our coworkers and our families and our friends about who Jesus is. And so the Bible says of the Holy Spirit that he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is moving among us. God has invaded the earth, taken dominion over the planet, and he is right now working and moving among us. And so let me encourage you in this. Henry Blackby made a great statement. He wrote an awesome book entitled Experiencing God. And in the book, he makes this statement. He said instead of asking God to bless what we're doing, why don't we start doing what God is blessing? And in order to do what God is blessing, you have to identify the work of God and then you have to join yourself to God's work. So let me give you a great insight when it comes to reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anytime somebody begins to ask you spiritual questions, if anybody begins to ask you about God or church or the Bible or heaven or hell or any of those things, let me tell you something. When they are inquiring about the things of the Spirit, that is an indicator that God is at work. Because Jesus said it this way Jesus said, No man will come to me unless the Father who sent me draw them. Again, people don't get saved. Because they wake up one day and have an intellectual idea that says, I need to accept Christ. People get saved because the Holy Spirit begins to draw them into a life-giving relationship with God. He convicts their heart of sin, of righteousness, and of the judgment to come. And all of a sudden, they come under a thing we call conviction, which begins to make them begin to inquire about the things of God. So when somebody begins to ask you questions about the Bible or God or anything that is spiritually minded, understand, let a little bell just ring, 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 ding, 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 right, go off in your head. I sound like that chicken a while ago, didn't I? I was looking in my Bible where that chicken was, but I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But let that be a little bell. That when somebody asks you a spiritual question, that is an indicator that God is at work in their life. And when that happens, you know what we need to do? We need to stop what we're doing and we need to join ourselves to the work of God. We need to take a moment and initiate the hunger that God is cultivating in their heart. Because when you do that and I do that, all of a sudden what we do is we join ourselves to what God is doing and we see the Holy Spirit's work in people's lives begin to come to fulfillment. Because if you think about your life, there was probably somebody along the way that maybe helped you close the deal of your walk with God. There was somebody that encouraged you or somebody that prayed with you or somebody that, that put their arm around you and brought, them in, brought you into the church or brought you into a small group or, or just whatever it is. There was somebody in your life that played a significant role in your salvation. We ought to be that person to other people. And when we understand Christmas is a celebration of a heavenly invasion, then we begin to understand, you know what, God's at work. And I found out that a lot of times the people I'm praying for are resistant and sometimes people I don't even know about God's working in. And I'm like, well, I'm not praying for you. I can't witness to you. Well, maybe I should, right? If God's working, I ought to join myself to that work because he is moving in our world. The last part of that statement says not only is he moving among us, he is living within us. If you're here today and you've been born again, anybody been born again? Amen, what a good thing, right? If you're here today, and you've been born again. If you're not born again, you can be before you leave today, amen. Um, if you've been born again, then the Spirit of God has taken up residence in you. And Jesus said he will lead you and guide you into all truth. See, we have an inner dwelling presence of God called the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left in physical form, the invasion did not end. It actually magnified Because he said to the disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send the comforter and he'll come. And I was physically in one place at one time. He can spiritually be in every place all the time. And fill every heart and every life. And we have received the empowerment and the enablement of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all truth. He is in us. And if you've ever been through an encounter, you've heard me make this statement. Benny Hinn wrote a book entitled, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And that's how I start typically every day of my life. This morning when I got up, the first physical words that come out of my mouth are, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Why? Because He is my guide, my teacher, my comforter, my helper. He empowers me. He enables me. He gifts me. He leads me. He teaches me. I'll experience and know about God through the matter for just a minute. Everything you experience and know about God, you now experience and know about God through the person of the Holy Spirit. So don't ignore him. Embrace him. Heaven invaded earth so we could be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be His witnesses so that the world can see who Jesus really is. Amen? Christmas is a celebration, a declaration, an invasion. And I believe Christmas past ought to be Christmas present (laughs) and it ought to be Christmas future. I believe that the only way we can celebrate Christmas present and Christmas future accurately is to embrace Christmas past accurately. When we embrace the wonder of Christmas, we experience the power of Christ. Amen.